Amen, amen. Well, let's open our Bibles together today to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. I want to talk to you about the subject of persevering in prayer today. Persevering in prayer. Because as I think about the church, as I think about where we are as a church, I think about the, the idea that some of you may not be persevering in prayer in your personal life. I think that maybe some of you might be here today and maybe you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed for something to happen and you're right there on the edge ready to give up. Maybe you've prayed about something in your family and you're right there on your edge and you're ready to quit. Maybe you've been praying about something in the church and you're right there on the edge, and you're, you're ready to give up, and you're, you're just like, what is the point? I've been praying so long about this, and you're ready to give up. Jesus spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart, not to give up. So I want to talk to us this morning about the idea of not giving up in prayer, and I want to begin just with a couple of quick stories from my life recently where we didn't give up in prayer. One of the things that I've been doing recently is going over to Scottsburg into sort of a very drug-infested neighborhood where I've been going in and sharing the gospel with people there with a friend of mine that lives in Scottsburg just right up the road from you. And a few weeks back, we were over there. And we had come into the community, and there was one of the drug addicts who was also a drug dealer in that neighborhood who would always avoid us. He would never talk to us. But we began to pray and pray and pray for him. And I can tell you that perseverance in prayer works. Just a few weeks ago, I sat around a dear, sweet Christian lady's living room in Scottsburg, just up the road. And this drug addict, drug dealer in that neighborhood was sitting around in a circle with us while we held hands together and prayed over him that God would anoint him and be with him as he goes out to go to rehab. I could tell you about the mother's eyes as she began to weep after that prayer and she began to look at the eyes of her son and she said this to her. He said, she said, I'm just so worried about all the drugs in the neighborhood after you go away. And he said, Mama, he said, 50% of the drugs were just taken care of as I leave here because I've been the one bringing them into the neighborhood. That was the perseverance of a mother's prayers. See, it wasn't because we had, become, we had started coming into the neighborhood. It wasn't because we started knocking on the doors in the neighborhood, me and my friend. It was simply because we came there as an answer to her years and years and years of prayers. You see that? The mother's prayers. Just last week, I preached down in South Florida. And I, I want to tell you about that experience. There was a man 
that is a good friend of mine that I have been praying for for years and years and years and years. Pray for him. His name's Brett. I would prayed for him for a lot of years. And he, uh, we, were, we were like brothers. We grew up together and we're like brothers. I can show you in the fly leaf of my Bible where I have been praying for him for over 20 years. <laughs> His name's right in there. And I, I was down there. I, I didn't know I was going to preach till Saturday. I showed up at a church, and, th and then I was asked to preach on Sunday. I showed up at church on Sunday and found out that he had driven, that man had driven two hours to get there to hear me preach that morning. A, a man who, when I tried to share with him in the past, has not been open to hearing about Christ. But he, he heard about Christ. I found out now he's in church and he's involved in, his, in a local church. And I found out that he's just really close and learning and growing. And I found out that he really wants to talk about those things. And we sat down for a meal afterwards and talked for a couple hours. For over 20 years, I've prayed for him. My fear for you today is this. It is that you've been praying, some of you, for a long, long time about something, whatever that something is, and that you're tempted now to lose heart. Let me just say this to you before we get going on the text. Let me just say this to you. What if, what if you quit in the ninth hour? What if you quit praying what you've been praying just before the breakthrough happened? What if you gave up. Don't give up. Keep on praying. Verse 1 says, Jesus spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and to never lose heart, to never give up, to never faint, but to continue in prayer. Now this is the parable that he tells. It's sort of a different parable. It's about an unjust, wicked judge. It says, he said this, there was a certain city, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me, for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. What a strange parable about prayer. What does that have to do with continuing in prayer? Well, the first thing that we notice in this parable that I want to point out is this, is that God honors his word and he cares about people. In this parable, what God does is God shows a contrast between the wicked judge and himself. Think about the parable with me for just a moment. The parable is this. There is a wicked judge in the land. This wicked judge does not fear God and does not fear man. He does not fear God. He does not respect man. He cares only about himself. That's this wicked judge. And yet this lady comes to him with a request. 
And she continues to request this from him over and over and again. And what God is saying here is this, is that God is not wicked like this man. God is not an unjust judge like this man. God is different than that. God honors his word is the first thing I want you to know. God honors his word and God cares for his people. God honors himself and he honors his word. Whatever God has said to you, do you remember that word that God gave you that caught you praying years ago? That word, that promise or whatever it was that God spoke to your heart as you was reading his word and God spoke to you and you've been praying ever since but you don't see it happening and you don't see it coming to pass. Keep on praying God honors his word. He honors his word. And this unjust judge, he didn't care about people one whit. All he cared about was himself. But God cares for his people. The reason you should continue in prayer, the first reason is this, is because God honors his word and he cares for his people. He honors his word and he cares for his people. But we are often like this persistent widow in that if we go to the wrong person, Think about how this widow went to the wrong person. Why on earth would you go to the wrong person to get your question answered when you can go directly to the throne of grace? Why on earth would you ask someone else for advice, and especially someone like this wicked judge? You know, we often do that. We often go to people and we ask them for advice when they're not the right people to be going to to start with, or we ask them for help when they're not the right people to be going to to start with. This unjust judge, if you notice what the Scripture says about him, it says this. It says that he did not fear God and he did not respect people. You know those two things go hand in hand. Show me someone who does not fear God and I'll show you someone who does not respect people. Show me someone who does not fear God and I'll show you someone who doesn't care about people. Because it is the love of God that teaches us to care and love people. That is the love that teaches us to love people. It is the love of God in us and through us. But oftentimes yet we go to someone anyway. We go to someone that doesn't fear God or regard people for financial advice because we know they're good with money. We go to someone that doesn't fear God or respect people because we know they know how to give good advice. We go to someone who doesn't fear God or regard people because we think that somehow they have power or authority to help us. Friend, why not go over their head? Why not go over the judge's head? Uh, he, she, this lady, this persistent widow, could have actually went way over the judge's head and went straight to the throne of grace and said, please take care of me, Lord Jesus. You catch that? God is not like man. And God is not like this unjust judge. We often go to the wrong place because we fail to recognize that God honors his word and God cares for his people the next thing I want you to notice here is this. Is it says about this man, it says she came to him saying, get justice for me for my adversary, and he would not for a while. But afterward, afterward he said to himself, 
Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The other thing I want you to know today is that God does not grow weary of hearing from his people. God is not like the unjust judge. God does not grow weary from hearing from his people. God wants to hear from him just like God wants to hear from his children just like we want to hear from ours. I think about that as now that I have adult children, I find that my children sometimes, now that they're grown, they don't want to come to me with a need that they may have in their life. And, and I think, oh man, nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. I want my children to come to me. I want them to ask me for help. I want them to come to me with a need or come to me with advice that I could possibly help them with. I love my children and I want to hear from them no matter how old they get. Isn't that true of our children? Don't you want them to come to you? I find that many people misunderstand God and they think that they're going to wear God out by coming to Him over and over and over and over again. Friend, man wears out, God does not. Our bodies wear out, God does not. We grow old, God does not. We get tired, God does not. God does not grow weary from hearing from His children. He wants to hear from you. Inevitably, every time I preach on prayer, someone will come to me, and in a very spiritual tone, this is what they'll say to me. They will say, Pastor, I want you to know I don't pray for myself. I just pray for other people. Friend, that may sound very spiritual, but it's very foolish. It's very foolish. I find this. I find that people who refuse to pray for themselves, people, listen to me carefully on this, people who refuse to pray for themselves are people who have a misunderstanding of who they are or of who God is. One or the other. And I'm not trying to put you down if that's you this morning. I'm not trying to beat up on you if that's you this morning. I'm trying to encourage you to pray. I'm trying to lift you up to pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. But pray. See, first they have a misunderstanding sometimes of who they are. They don't really understand who they are before God because think about it this way. Think about it. The only reason I know that I wouldn't want to pray for myself is if I didn't understand who God was, or excuse me, if I didn't understand who I was perhaps and I didn't understand how badly I needed it. Like uh, the, the only two possibilities I can think of why you wouldn't pray for yourself is that number one, maybe you don't understand who you are before God and maybe you think you don't need it. Is that it? Is it that you don't think you need prayer because you're really that good? You really have arrived to that point? Have you arrived to the place in your life where you don't need prayer? Are you there? Are you at the place in your life where you no longer need to call out to God about yourself because you have arrived at this point of spirituality in your life where you don't need prayer? That's option one, right? And I think we all know that that's debunked. 
I think we all know here that, that we all need prayer desperately and we all need to cry out to our Heavenly Father. And There are times when we need to pour out our heart to Him of just what we're going through and what we're feeling that we all have that need to talk to our Heavenly Father. Right? But there's another possibility. The other possibility as to why we don't pray for ourselves is because not just that way, maybe we don't understand who we are, but maybe we don't understand who God is. And I think that's probably the one that's more accurate. We don't really understand who God is. In other words, we don't understand about Him that He wants to hear from us. That we don't understand that He is someone who wants to hear from His children about their needs and about their heart and about their desires. And we don't look at Him as a heavenly Father, but we look at Him as kind of a mean tyrant who we don't want to wear Him out. We don't want to bother Him. Maybe God is busy. Maybe He can't hear us right now because He's so busy. It's a misunderstanding of who God is. If I had a nickel for every time I heard a church person tell me this statement and say to me this, say to me, you know, Pastor, I just know God's got a lot more things to worry about than me. Oh, friend, you misunderstand who God is. You misunderstand who God is. I have really, really good news for you, and I'm not beating up on you. I have good news for you. The good news is, is do you think that if Jesus Christ would come all the way from heaven, if you think that the Father in heaven, our heavenly Father, would send Jesus Christ all the way to this earth to die for your sins, to pay the penalty on the cross for you because of what you have done, do you realize that when he was on that cross, the old song is true, you were on his mind? Do you realize that it was your sins that he died for, that he loves you that much do you realize friend that if you were the only one on earth he would have died for you that's how much God loves you so don't tell me he's too busy to hear from you surely if he would do that for you he wants to communicate with you right so this lady could have taken her personal request instead of going to the judge not wanting to bother God with it. She could have gone directly to God with it, right? So oftentimes we have a misunderstanding of who God is and how he wants to hear from his children and that he does not grow weary from hearing from his children. We grow weary from praying, but he doesn't grow weary from hearing. Now, I want you to understand something else about prayer before we move forward to the, my final point. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand about prayer that as God wants to hear from his children, as God wants to hear from us and he wants us to be praying to him about these things that are on our hearts and he wants us to continue and persevere in prayer that we need to not make light of prayer. I, if, I, if I had a nickel, not just for every time I heard it, but for every time it's come out of my own lips. 
Every time I have said myself, I've made this statement so many times so foolishly, and I've said this, I've said, well, you know what, Pastor, or whatever, I've heard people say this to me, you know what, Pastor, now all we can do is pray. And I've said that to people, I've made this statement to people, I've made this statement, you know what, brother, all we can do is pray. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like prayer is a pitiful excuse for something we could be doing right now. Doesn't it? When you say that, just think about it. And when we say, when we make the statement, well, all you can do is pray, it's how, it kind of sounds like, well, a lot of good that'll do. A lot of good that'll do, y'all. All we can do is pray. Do you realize what prayer is? Prayer is coming directly to the God of the universe, directly to the one who controls everything, directly to the one. It is a direct link. It is the lifeblood of the Christian. It is a direct access link between you and your heavenly Father, going above everyone else's head, going over everyone else's authority, going over all the bounds of nature, going over every single thing else that could stand in the way between you and God. You have a direct access link through Jesus Christ to God the Father. So we shouldn't say all we can do is pray. We should say, man, all we can do is pray. Do you see the difference? Prayer is indeed powerful because God is powerful. And oftentimes the reason we don't see the things we've been praying for in our lives so much is because we have these anemic prayer lives. The other thing I want you to notice about this, though, is that this was a widow that came to him. Now, why would Jesus use a widow in this passage? Why wouldn't it have just been someone else? Because he wanted us to understand this. Listen. During that day and age, a widow had no authority, had no power of her own, had no wealth of her own, and had no resources of her own to get anything done. A widow had to rely on the mercy of others around her during that day and age. Okay? Jesus wanted us to understand in this passage that he cares not just for the super saints, not just for the powerful saints, that Jesus Christ, God, cares for all of his people. All of his people. Sometimes we don't pray because we feel like maybe perhaps that God uh, doesn't really care about us because we're one of the least of his children. We're one of his children that maybe we're just out here sort of on the sideline and maybe God listens to someone else because they're way closer to the throne than we are. I have felt like that so many times in my life. I have felt like there were other people. Surely God would hear them more than me because I'm not near as close to the throne as that person is. Is that the way you deal with your children? Is that the way you deal with your children? Do you show favorites to your children? Do you look at your children when they come to you with a request and do you say, well, uh, little Susie, I won't listen to you, but I will listen to Sally because I like her more. Her pigtails are prettier. Do you do that with your children? 
And with the little bit we know how to love, do you think God would do that with his? You say, but pastor, I don't know how to pray. I don't really know the eloquent words to pray. I don't know how to pray in the flowing eloquent words the way I'm really supposed to pray. Let me ask you a question, friend. Do you think God of the universe who created everything is impressed with anyone's speech? Do you think that God hears someone's prayers that maybe they're a super saint, maybe they studied prayer and they know how to pray and they've really got prayer down pat and they know the right words to say and they know the right formula to pray and they can even pray in proper King's James English and when they begin to pray with their flowing these and thous and when they begin to do that, do you think God says, wow, I have never heard that before. That's great. I'm going to listen to them. I'm not going to listen to this redneck over here who doesn't know how to pray. Do you think that's what the creator of the universe does? Oh, no, my friend. He's interested in the intent of the heart, not the eloquence of your words. He's interested in the outpouring of your heart and your heart's desire of the child of God. He's not interested that you know the right words to say. In fact, he gave us the Holy Spirit as an intercessor who the Bible says cleans up our words. Basically, what it means is that he cleans up our words and, and he intercedes for us as we pray. So that means... He listens to us all. There's one final thing, though, I want to share with you about prayer, and it's this. See, he honors his word, and he cares about his people, and God does not grow weary of hearing from his people. But also, God is faithful to his people. It says this. Then the Lord said, in verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, what he's saying is this. Jesus is saying, look, if God even listened to this, if, if this, even if this unjust judge, even if this unjust judge, if, if the wicked man even listened to the widow, what makes you think God won't listen to you? God is faithful to his people. Sometimes we stop praying or we give up in praying because we doubt the faithfulness of God. We doubt that God will be faithful. We doubt that God will be just. Friend, I don't know if you doubt that God will be faithful or just, but I promise you this. Anything that is causing you to believe that God is unfaithful and that God is unjust is false. 
because the only thing in the history of God is faithfulness and justice. He has always been faithful. He has always been just. He has always done the right thing. A hundred percent of the time, he has never been late. He has always been on time. He has always done what he said he would do. He has never broken a promise. God is faithful. He will always be faithful, and he will remain faithful. There is nothing in your history and there is nothing in God's history or in the future that says that he will be unfaithful. God is faithful. And as you think about the faithfulness of God, what is it that causes you not to continue, persevere in prayer? He says, well, says there that he will avenge them speedily, quickly, in short order. How many of you have ever prayed and felt like that God didn't do it in short order? <laughs> I know I have. How many of you ever prayed for something and prayed for something and felt like that God was slow in response? Well, I want to tell you two things. Number one, God doesn't look at time the same way we look at time. That's one thing. But I want to tell you something even more important. And that's this. Is that if God is faithful and he's promised to avenge them speedily, he's promised to answer speedily. If God is faithful and he's promised to answer speedily, then, and we know that God doesn't look at time the same way we do. I get that. But I tell you what, there's a third factor, and it's the unfaithfulness of man. Did you ever think, perhaps, that God's not the one slowing up the process that you are? Do you ever just think about that? Do you ever stop and just think that perhaps if God is faithful, then if there's some unfaithfulness going on, it's not on his behalf. It's ours. I have found that there are things in my life, I'm just going to be real honest with you, that I've prayed for for a long time that God hasn't given me because I'm not ready for them. God's ready to give them to me. God's ready to maybe perhaps use me in that way or do something in my life that I've been praying for him to do for a long time. But the fact is, is not that he's slow in response. It's that I'm not ready to receive what he has. He's still working to prepare me for that. Sometimes we're just not prepared. We're just not ready. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because of our disobedience because he wanted to answer the prayer with you. But you won't listen. Sometimes the delay in answer is due to our direct disobedience to God. Let me give you an example. Perhaps there are times in our life whenever we pray, uh, it says here in this passage, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, will he find faithfulness on the earth? Will he find you being faithful on the earth? Will he find you being faithful like that? Because sometimes it's our lack of faithfulness, our lack of faithfulness that causes us to not be answered. 
You know, what if that person that you're praying for their salvation and you say, Lord, I don't understand why haven't they gotten saved yet? Maybe it's because you haven't shared the gospel with them and you're the answer to the prayer that you've been praying. Maybe you've been praying for God to send someone to witness to that individual and the someone he sent is you and that's why it's not done yet. Think about that. What if you've been praying about something, maybe, maybe there's a need that needs to be met in the church financially, or maybe there's a need that needs to be met in your home or somewhere else financially, someone else's needs you know of that needs to be met, and you've been praying for that need and praying for that need and praying for that need and praying for that need, and all the while God's been saying yes, and you're the answer, now do it. Maybe you've been praying for a, 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 a new Sunday school class or a great Sunday school teacher or someone to help with something going on and, and you're the answer to the prayer that you've been praying but you are disobedient and won't do it. Sometimes. Not all the time. Not all the time. But sometimes the delay in response to the answer to prayer is due to our own disobedience of not saying, yes, Lord, I'll go. I'll be the one to do that. I'll be the one to meet that need. Nevertheless, he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On the earth. My fear for you today is that you won't persevere in prayer, that you'll give up in that ninth hour. Maybe you have been faithful and you say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but I know I've been faithful. I know I've been praying what God wanted me to pray. And as far as I know, I know I've been obedient to what God wants me to do. And I've been obedient as far as I know to what God wants me to do. And I've been faithful as far as I know to be faithful in my prayer life. So, Lord, I don't really know what's next. Well, maybe the word for you today is just continue in prayer. Persevere in prayer. Don't give up. Don't quit being faithful. Maybe you're right there on the edge of that breakthrough. Will God not avenge them speedily? Though, though, it says, he bears long with them. Maybe he's been bearing it long with you. And you just need a little bit more. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Be obedient and faithful. Pray with me. Father, as we approach this time of prayer, we're reminded that you love to hear from your children. We come to you and we ask you, Father, to help us persevere in prayer. Forgive us, Father, for our prayerlessness, for the times in our life when we forget to pray, the times in our life when we neglect that great opportunity of prayer.
I pray now, Father, that you would help us to persevere and teach us to pray as we ought. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand together and sing, maybe, maybe your prayer life has been anemic. And you just need to come and you need to pray and you need to say, Dear God, strengthen my prayer life. Help me grow and help me to pray more. Maybe that's you and you need to come today. Maybe you're in here today and you need salvation. You need to come and you need to say, You know what? I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. I need to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior today. I need to be saved. I need to know Christ. Let the day be the day of your salvation. I'll be waiting here. If you need to talk with someone about salvation, I'll be right here as we stand together. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. And if God has dealt with you and you need to come and talk with me about salvation, you come. Maybe you're in here today and you just need to come. You're about ready to give up in prayer. You're about ready to, you're about ready to call it quits. And you need to come down to this altar and you need to say, God, help me persevere. You need to take a few moments to say, God, help me, help me, help me persevere. Maybe you're in here today and you'd say, you know what? I'm the one you were talking about. That's, I've been praying, but I've also been disobedient, and maybe I'm the answer. So I'm going to be the answer today, and I'm going to let God use me today in any way he wants to, and I'm going to be the answer to that prayer. You need to come and commit that to God today. Whatever it is, God has dealt with your heart. You come as we sing.